and how Christmas can still change the world. Lord, pour into our time together. Convict us, challenge us, guide us. Help us to think perhaps in different ways. In Jesus Christ's name, I ask these things. The people of God said together, Amen. So one of the most beloved clips that I, movies that I love is Charlie Brown's Christmas. Who likes Charlie Brown's Christmas? Raise your hands. Who's seen it more than ten times this season already? Oh my gosh, several of you. Look at that. Holy smoke. Who hasn't seen it at all this Christmas? Raise your hand. Well, good. Then you're going to be able to see a little clip of it. The best clip in the world. It's one of the best uh, opportunities to be able to tell uh, the real story of what Christmas is. Roll it. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Linus knew how to answer Charlie Brown's question. Doesn't anybody know what Christmas is all about? It seems so simple and yet profound. 
one of the best scenes ever and that truly did change the world view of Christmas for Charlie Brown. So how does Christmas change your world? Think about that for a minute. How will your world be different on December 26th or January 6th, the real Christmas epiphany, or February 29th, you know it is leap year, because of Christmas? Will you be happier? Will you have more peace in your life? Will you be a better person? Or will you simply have more things and owe more money and have to work more hours to help eliminate the additional strain the debt puts on your budget? If we're completely honest, Christmas doesn't really change our world all that much. Even for those of us who believe in Jesus Christ as God's Son and the Savior of the world, Christmas doesn't change our lives much. Largely, we celebrate Christmas as a great American holiday. Snow, Santa, holly and ivy and mistletoe, family and friends gathered around the fireplace, remembering what Christmas was like when we were kids. The shopping, the parties, the light looking, and all the busy activities that we cram into the season are a part of how Christmas goes. But when everything is said and done, the only real change Christmas brings to our world is it makes a little more poor and a lot more tired. And all this for an event that God never asked us to commemorate in the first place. We're never once asked to remember the birth of Christ. Our celebration of Christmas is a purely human endeavor. He commanded us to remember his death. We do that through the act of communion. But he never asked us to celebrate his birth. That's our thing. It's not a bad thing. In fact, it can be quite good. But does it change our lives? The purpose of Christmas, the birth of Christ, was though to bring a change to our entire world. And I don't mean just the, the world in general. I mean he came to bring a change to each and every one of our personal worlds where we carry out life on a day-to-day -day basis. Our jobs, our relationships, our families, our spirituality, all should be radically changed and transformed by Christmas. Not transformed by the celebration of Christmas, but transformed by Christmas itself. So how does Christmas still change my world? When the angels announced the birth of Christ, they said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. The angels tell us the arrival of Christ in our world is Christmas. That it is to be joyful. That it should be something that helps quell our fears. That it should be something that brings us peace. Yet most of us today wouldn't say that Christmas squashes our fears or brings us true joy or that it truly brings us peace. No, I would guess that most of us would be hard-pressed to see just how Christmas does change our world. But it should, and it still can. 
I think Christmas, though, not just a celebration of a holiday, but Christmas itself will and can still change the world, my world, if we allow that to happen. Amen? Christmas can still change my world by doing several things. First, it allows me to experience genuine love. Genuine love. God is love. We've all heard that said many, many times, perhaps. The Apostle John wrote those words in his first letter to the believers in the Mediterranean world. He said this, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And at Christmas we celebrate God becoming flesh, becoming human, so that he could free us all from our brokenness. It says in John 1, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God became human because God loves us. He became a man so that he could show us the way to him. That's what Christmas is. Jesus becoming one of us. Jesus becoming one of us so that he can tell us where to find safety, of where to go. Jesus becoming one of us so that he can save us. It's the biggest search and rescue mission in the history of the world. God looking for us. And in Christmas, God becoming man, human. We get to experience that genuine love. John 3:16, so often quoted, talks about that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God loved us so much that God gave us his Son, not to condemn us, but to save us. That's an amazing love. So how does knowing about the love that God has for me still change my world? Well, it doesn't. Knowing about God's love isn't enough to change my world. I have to experience that love. I have to be able to know that I have to experience that love at Christmas, the love of God, and I can't really truly do that unless I believe in that love. Christmas changes my world by allowing me to experience genuine love not what the world tries to sell us as being love. The second way that Christmas still changes my world is providing me with lasting peace. Peace is something that all of us need. Most of us don't have. Most of us spend a great deal of time and energy pursuing peace, but very little experiencing it. Decisions we have made and the actions we have taken in our past often haunt us. Our desire to have a better, more fulfilling life, it keeps us awake at night. Questions about what we could have been, or what we should have been, often plague our minds. We want to be fulfilled, satisfied. We want to be complete, but we lack that completeness, and as a result, we lack peace. Rather than days filled with peace and confidence, we find our days filled with stress and worry. How many warriors I got out there? Raise your hands. Yeah, there you go. Proud of it, aren't you? Stress and worry. It fills our lives. Often that sensation is heightened at Christmas because we hear all about peace on earth, but we can't seem to find peace in our own lives. Amen? 
hard. One of the great things about Christmas is that if we truly accept in faith what God gave us, this Christ child, then we can experience something that can't be found anywhere else. We can experience peace with God. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us from Romans. Jesus, that baby born in a barn and laid in a manger, came so that we could have peace with God. There is a brokenness that separates us from God and puts us at odds with God. But Jesus came in order to restore that relationship with God. He came in order to bring us forgiveness. His death upon the cross paid the penalty for our sin. Therefore, if we will accept his sacrifice and the forgiveness it provides, we are made right with God. When the relationship between us and God is fixed, then we experience peace with God. Because much of the lack of peace we experience is because we know we've messed up. And we worry. We worry when think, we know the things we've done wrong, that God somehow can't love us. Maybe that God won't accept us because of our past. But now imagine the peace you can have in knowing that God has no record of your past. Imagine the peace of knowing that God has erased your past sins from his memory. Imagine the peace of knowing that God isn't looking to punish you, but is seeking to love you and to embrace you. When you believe the whole Christmas story, the whole Christmas story, not just the part about the baby in the manger, but also the part about the baby growing up and dying on a cross, the part about that baby turning man, rising from the grave and defeating sin and death. When you believe the Christmas story and accept God's forgiveness, you will experience peace with God. And you'll also experience something else. Peace with others. Let's face it, we often don't live at peace with others, do we? We find that other people have a way of disturbing our peace. And we never stop to consider we tend to disturb the peace of others too. Living at peace with others is hard work. But Christ calls us to do it nonetheless. He says, Paul says in Romans, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Who? Everyone. Not just your friends. Not those that you like. Everyone. So how does Christmas help me to experience peace with others? Well, when I understand what Christmas is all about, God providing a way for me to be at peace with God, I can choose then to experience peace in all my relationships. Because if God can forgive me and restore me to a right relationship with Him, after all I have done to violate his trust and love, if God can choose to be at peace with me, then I can choose to be at peace with others. I can learn to forgive them. And I will also experience something else when I do that that's hard to find. Peace with myself. In my more honest moments, I too am aware of my failings and my brokenness. But because of Christmas, I can have peace with myself. I'm not perfect. Not because what I've done doesn't matter, but because I'm a new person in Christ. That's the whole point, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore, for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. Are you leading that new life? 
Are you wanting that new life? The old one's just not working out so well. I've had a horrible December. I'd like to forget every bit of it just about. But I can be at peace with myself. Not because it's a great guy, but because in Christ I'm forgiven. I'm a new creation. I've been made new. It doesn't mean I don't have moments when I fail, but it does mean that in Christ those moments become the exceptions, not the rule. I'm growing and becoming more than I am today. I can be at peace with me because Christ is now working in me, renewing me daily. Christians aren't perfect. If perhaps you're gathered here and thinking the rafters are going to fall in when you came in because you came into the church, they didn't. They're still there. All of us are struggling in the world. We all struggle. But every week we gather together and every day trying to become better, trying to be different. We will always fail. But we're moving forward, renewing ourselves. So Christmas changes my world by allowing me to experience true love, by providing me with lasting peace. And Christmas also changes my world by giving my life purpose. Too many people aren't living their lives. Too many of us just exist and just move through things day to day and just survive. Too many people are moving day to day without any sense of purpose in their lives, just going from one place to the next. And this lack of purpose leads to depression and self-destructive behavior. This lack of purpose leads to a sense of hopelessness is heightened during the holiday season for many people. For many folks, this is not a joyful season. It's a real struggle. However, Christmas is about hope. It's about purpose. And rather than feeling defeated and lost during the holidays, I can have a sense of true hope because Christmas gives purpose to my life. Christmas brings hope because it drives home the fact that I was made for a purpose. I was created to have a relationship with God. And that relationship is so important to God that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to repair that relationship when it was broken. My life has purpose. And the purpose of my life is to love God and to serve all humanity. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, put it like this. We are to serve with a heart to God and a hand to man. Christmas, the coming of the Christ child, gives my life purpose. Jesus came becoming one of us so that we could fulfill our purpose, that of having a loving relationship with God. Imagine living every day of your life with a clear sense of purpose to know God and to please God and to be with God. Everything else fades away when you make this your focus. I have hope and purpose every day when I understand that in everything big or small, I can grow to know God more and I can live to please Him. It's huge to have a purpose in life. But all of it starts with the foundational purpose of knowing God and pleasing God and being in relationship with God. And so in Christmas, Jesus provides the way for us to know God. We are given hope and purpose at Christmas. How does Christmas change my world? It's not through the gifts or the memories made. It's not through the time spent with family. It's not through any of the trappings of the holiday. 
Christmas as we celebrate it doesn't change my world or your world one little bit. But Christmas, Christ Mass, as the birth of Christ, the Son of God made flesh, the birth of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, changes my world in a lot of ways by allowing me to experience genuine love, providing me with lasting peace, and giving me a purpose in life. That's a major change in the world. And Christmas will change your world too if you allow it to be that way. Christ, though, has to be the reason in the center for Christmas. This is a hard Christmas for me. Four weeks ago, my dad passed away. Tonight's my dad's birthday, too. If I was geared into what Christmas is with the presents under the tree or all the parties or anything else, then there wouldn't be anything left for me this season. But that's not what it's about. And if anything, this has drawn me closer to understanding even more so what Christmas is really all about. It is about the Christ child. But there still is hope. That there still can be peace found in the midst of our lives. That there is joy. Joy is not based on your circumstances or happiness. Joy is something down deeper. I can still be joyful during this whole time. I've still led this church during this whole time. Because it doesn't make a difference about those things. We lost, uh, in our church just recently, we also lost my spiritual father just a couple of days ago. And did his service yesterday. It's been one heck of a month. It doesn't change what Christmas means. It's not about the jingles and the jangles and the tinsel and the trappings. It's about Jesus, the Son of God, come down to us, willing to be present with us, and not just come as a full human, but come as a baby. A baby to understand the full entirety of what it means to be human all the way up from the beginning, for his parents to care for him and to be raised all the way up and experience everything. He could have just come as a king and just done everything the same way, but he didn't. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Christ is the reason and the center of Christmas. Will you prepare room for him in your heart this Christmas? Are you ready for a whole new decade? It's about to be 2020. A whole new decade decade. What are you going to do with it? How's it going to change your life? What's going to be different? What are you going to take on? What are you going to give up? How are you going to let Christmas still change your world? Because it can. It can still change you. And it can change me. A message that we give here that's on your card as you, as you leave, and I hope you put this someplace in your house, is you matter and you are loved by God. If there's one thing we want you to know no matter what, whether you come back again or not, is that you matter and you're loved by God. When you're at your lowest point, look at this. Put it somewhere close to you and know that you matter. You are loved by God. It's the message that we try to get out to everybody who comes to Good Shepherd. It's a message that we all need to hear. And so I hope you'll hear that message this evening through the song through the prayers, through every piece of that, through lighting of candles tonight, through communion, when we receive this opportunity to remember his death and his resurrection 
and what that means to us as well. And so I invite you to turn to page 13 in that thing you call a hymnal in front of you as we gather together to celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is a right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. In the fullness of time, you gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. And at his birth, the angels sang, Glory to you in the highest, and peace to your people on earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you and blesses your son, Jesus Christ, as Mary and Joseph went from Galilee to Bethlehem and there found no room. So Jesus went from Galilee to Jerusalem and was despised and rejected. As in the poverty of a stable, Jesus was born. So by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, he gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. As your word became flesh, born of woman, on that night long ago, so on that night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you. He gave to the disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so remember to these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ. We offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. This is done. This is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. So, in the United Methodist Church, for those unfamiliar, it is Christ who invites to the table, not I or the church. Because of that, 
Whatever denomination you might be or not denomination, it is okay to receive. We believe everyone has the ability to be part of this means of grace, even kids. And so you're welcome to be able to come forward and to do that as you feel led in a moment. We also take it by intinction. Intinction means that you'll receive a, hold your hands out, receiving a piece of the bread, because you don't take the body of Christ, you receive it. And then you'll dip it into the cup, just a little bit. You don't have to do it a lot, otherwise you're going to be a sopping mess. You don't want that either. And, uh, so, and then to partake of it, and then you're welcome to kneel at these rails and to bring your prayers and your petitions to God uh, this evening as well. Did I forget anything? All right. I invite our servers to come forward to be served. If someone come up here and help Rick, that would be awesome as well. What? Uh, they're going to get everything out now. They'll show each other at the end. Kim will get a bread from you and get a juice. And come yet. They don't have a juice. Just hold on. They're short of juice. That's why they're doing what they're doing. Otherwise, Sandy would be doing bread and bread. Funny story. In our 5 o'clock service last year, it was kind of interesting. We forgot communion. And so I turned around to look, and there was no communion there. And so I said, please bless the elements wherever they are in the church. And all of a sudden, they appeared. Much the same way, wherever the grape juice is being poured right now, we bless that element as well. Now I believe we're ready. The ushers will direct you and guide you to where you need to go.
Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you so much for your sacrifice. Remember this evening the Christ child who came to give us new life. This is only the start of the story, not the end. There's so much of the story still to come. Let's not focus on the beginning, but on the end and the beginning again in the resurrection. May our hearts be opened to this means of grace this evening. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. I invite you to, of course, to sing for the hymn of joy, which is joy to the world, because no one can sit on joy to the world. So let us all stand and sing joy to the world. Number 246 in your hymnal. candle to you. Everyone needs to have a candle. We got two folks here and we'll get some candles to you. Got candles? Everybody got a candle? Candle, candle, candle. Where are the candles? I got one. Oh, hi. But you aren't. That's why I got one. All right, everybody got a candle? Okay, there's some candle etiquette to understand when lighting a candle on Christmas Eve. Otherwise, you'll spend 20 minutes trying to light your candle. This is the candle etiquette. Whoever is lighting the candle off the candle that's lit will turn their candle like so. If you do this, if you try to do all this number and like this, not going to work. You do it like this, it'll work every time. Okay, so the lit candle stays like this and the candle being lit goes to the side. You got it? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to test you on it now. All right, here we go. Davis, kill the lights. Silent night, holy
this. Look around at everybody. Everybody's holding the candle up. Tonight, you're my family. My dad is in heaven, looking down for the first time on his birthday. And we are gathered together to celebrate the Christ child. In a minute, this candle is going to be extinguished. And you're the only light that's going to leave here. To the people next to you and the people outside of those doors. We have to be the light in the world. And our world is full of darkness. But look and see just how much your one little light lights up your part of the world when you're looking around. It does a lot. One little candle can change the world. And it's important for us never to forget what exactly we are celebrating. We're not giving gifts to each other to celebrate one another. We give gifts to celebrate this. It's his birthday. Get him a cake at least or something. Celebrate. Tell his story. Go home and don't forget when all the wrapping paper starts coming off that this is what we're talking about. The Christ child who has come to save us all, who is the light of the world. Amen. Amen. You may blow your candle out. Oh, hey, that was different. That's never happened before. It made some weird noise. We, we, welcome, we are so grateful to have you here this evening. A Merry Christmas to you all. And a Happy New Year 2020. Make a difference this next year and do something completely different. Greet somebody if you want to before you leave. Tell somebody a Merry Christmas.